this past week that, yeah, I did, believe it or not. Uh, you know, it's so out of my character, too, to look for something funny in life. But um, I ran into this cartoon, I think, in a strange and maybe not so obvious way. It'll shed some light on our topic um, for this particular lesson. Can you see that? You know, it, it, it's kind of a, an ongoing running joke in here, but you need to let it sink in for just a little bit. Um, one, one of the things that we, you know, we all must come to grips with. Can you see it back in the back? You can't. Oh, you can't read it. Oh, okay. Well, here's what it says at the bottom. Go tell the ushers Mike is playing Bob Dylan again. You need to let it soak in because one of the things that we all need to appreciate about this type of a group, we are very diverse. And some of you don't like some things. Some of you don't like anything. Some of you don't know what you like until you're told that you like it. And uh, so we all kind of get uptight about certain things, and we've been uptight about th- that we don't like this kind of music, that kind of music. You don't like some of the stories I tell. You don't like the way I present myself. You know, and that's okay, because I'm not sure that Mike and I like many of you either. So <laughs> the nice thing about it is we can just, we all just learn, you know, really to appreciate the diversity that is represented in this group. And, you know, you take the good with the bad, and you kind of stir it all together and hope that it's at least enough that it would keep you, you know, involved. But uh, the reason that I brought this cartoon up is because we're going to, in our study of Proverbs, we come across uh, a very serious matter, and, uh, and indirectly this makes light of it, but it's about the only funny thing I can think on this particular topic, because it's the problem of gossip. And um, <laughs> as many of you know, we have dramatically seen in the past few months that every one of us, every one of us has a natural desire to listen to gossip and to repeat it. No. You know, I didn't think so. Let me, let me rephrase this. Everybody but that gentleman right there has no desire to listen to gossip nor to repeat it. And that may be true. Maybe I shouldn't say every one of us. But then maybe I should. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out as we go through this whether this is true of you. So, I, you know, I don't want to accuse you of something that maybe isn't true. But um, as we go through it, you will be convicted. <laughs> You'll be convicted. Psalm 15. Open your Bibles to Psalm 15 right in the middle of the book. Just kind of slide it open in the middle. And it's going to lay a foundation for us in the problem of gossip. And I want you to notice the contrast that takes place in this particular psalm between those who, quote, want to do what's right before God and those who don't. You know, and I, you hate the word, use, you know, christian cliches and jargon, you know, those who are, you know, are godly and those who are not godly. But basically it boils down to there's a contrast between living in a way that's right before God and living in a way that's wrong. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. Psalm 15 lays a foundation for the problem of go- gossip. And David asked this question, O oh Lord, who may abide in your tent? You know, I guess the point would be like, you know what, who, who can really get to heaven? Who can, who can stand before you in your presence? Um, who may dwell on your holy hill? You know, who can, who can really be with you? What kind of person? And then he answers the question. It says, he who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart and he does not slander or gossip with his tongue nor does evil to his neighbor nor takes up a reproach against his friend in whose eyes a reprobate is despised but who honors those who fear the Lord. 
He swears to his own hurt, and he does not change. He does not put out his money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. And so David asks the question, who can stand before God? Who can dwell in his presence? And he begins to answer it as a particular uh, uh, description of a certain type of lifestyle. And he goes and he contrasts it. Well, he says, those who walk in integrity and do good things, work righteousness, which is basically what God says is right, we do those things that are right. That's doing righteous things. He says, those who speak truth in their heart. Remember we talked last week in the problem of lying that many of us are not who we appear to be. We, put on a, uh, we project a certain image that, uh, that's not the same as who we are inside. What we see on the outside very rarely in some cases is what really is going on in a person's heart. So he's saying that the person who's the same on the outside as he has on the inside, as long as the outside that he's projecting is right before God and the inside is the same, then that person is right before God. That type of person that is not hypocritical, that type of person that does the things that God says to do, that type of person will dwell in his presence. It says, he who does not slander with his tongue. Those who do not gossip. Those who do not talk about other people. Those who do not do evil to the neighbor. And it says, nor takes up a reproach against a friend. It's interesting as a foundation to the problem of gossip, the meaning of don't take up a reproach against a friend is, basically someone comes to you and they start slamming one of your friends. And instead of defending them and protecting them, you listen to what's said and you join in. That's taking up a reproach against a friend. So those who gossip tend to do that. They want to hear all this stuff and then they want to repeat it and they want to go after it and they want to be able to share with it and they don't defend their friend when someone accuses them of something or another. So that's the type of person as you go through it in whose eyes a reprobate is despised. He honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and he does not change. He pays a price for his convictions. This is what God says I must do. I'm going to do it and I'm not going to change my mind because you put some pressure on me. Because you may fire me or I may lose some benefit. I'm not going to change who I am to please you. I must live to please God. See, that's the type of person that will dwell in the presence of the Lord. He doesn't loan money out at interest, in this case, to those who are in need. And he doesn't take a bribe against the innocent. And if you do those things, you'll never be shook up. I like that. There will be some stability in your life. You live right before God, you'll never be shaken by your circumstances. You won't have to be looking over your shoulder. Like we talked about in lying, am I going to get caught? When am I going to get caught? Because I'm going to get caught. You don't have to do that. You don't have to be shaken up. You can just live your life. And so on the problem of gossip, what we're going to talk about, how do you recognize a gossip? That's one of the, the difficult things. Not only, you know, how do you spot one? How do you know if someone's a gossip? And on top of that, probably the more difficult of the two questions is this. How do you know if you're a gossip? How do you know if it's you that have the problem of being a gossip? Most of us, for one reason or another, can always identify all these problems that we talk about every week in the life of another person. How do you spot a gossip? Let's compare what you think to what we'll talk about. How do you spot a gossip? How do you know if someone's a gossip? Give me some feedback. Give me some answers. No, I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> What's the problem here? Yeah, I don't have a problem outside this room. <laughs> Must be the room. Must be the cardboard on the windows. What is it, Bob? All right, yeah, they're slamming someone else. I mean, they, they, they can say something bad about some, another person for whatever reason. What were you going to say? Same thing? I heard, I, I, oh, exact same thing. It sounded like the right answer. Good. <laughs> I believe, yeah, no problem. Yes. Okay, good. 
A person that speaks uh, negatively of another person tends to be a gossip, but it's interesting is the person that listens to something like that can also demonstrate that they too have the same problem because they listen. That's interesting. It's a real interesting insight into the problem of gossip. Anybody else? I'm sorry. Oh, you're up there. That's why I missed you. I was like, where are you? How'd you do that? Repeating something, even though they're not sure whether it's a fact or not. I heard this, but I'm not sure if it's true. But, gosh, it's such a good story. I hate to waste it. You know? I'm sure someone else has checked it out. Because why would this person tell me that? Hmm. And then they repeat it. That's interesting. Was someone else going to say something? Yeah. He's not here. Oh, there we go. How about this? Not only repeating something that you don't know is true, but how about repeating something that you do know is true? doesn't matter whether you checked it out. doesn't matter whether it's truth or not. You repeat it anyway. Those are all interesting characteristics of a person that gossips. And now the question is, is that, are our answers right? Well, let's take a look. Let's take a look at the first one. Characteristic of a person who gossips, look at Proverbs 10, verse 18. Proverbs 10, verse 18. There's six of them that the book of Proverbs identifies to help us in understanding whether we too are a gossip or not. Proverbs 10, verse 18. It says, He who cancels hatred has lying lips, and he who spreads slander is a fool. Whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. I want you to notice a couple of things. As we go through the book of Proverbs, we've already seen uh, many situations where God contrasts one thought with another. In this particular proverb, if you look at it, there's a parallelism, and that is you can see by the word and that's used to connect the two thoughts. It says that he who canceled hatred has lying lips, and he who spreads slander is a fool. Instead of it being a contrast, the second statement is similar to the first statement. So basically, the way to understand this is that a person who spreads slander or gossips has hatred in his or her heart. Isn't that interesting? There's hatred in the heart of a person who gossips. Whether you recognize the hatred is there or not, God says that it is. Now, here's how we can identify it. As you go through it, you've got to ask yourself a question. Why do I talk about other people? Generally, because I'm upset with them. I'm angry about something that they've done. I'm angry about something that they've said. And it appears to me that they're getting away with it. So I want to make sure that you and everybody that knows them knows the truth about what's going on. And it's not because I care about them, it's because I'm ticked off at them. And I'm upset with them because I don't see God doing anything about it. So I think I'll take the matter into my own hands and I'll take care of it myself. Why do we talk about one another? Because we're upset with each other. You did something to hurt me. And I'm not going to let you get away with it. And so God says that gossips really are fooling themselves into thinking they care about the person that they're talking about when actually they don't. They only hate that person and they want them to look bad in front of as many people as they can tell the story to. They're angry. They're upset. And there's hatred in their heart. Interesting, isn't it? 
See, because many of us will talk about one another and we'll do it under the Christian-y, disgusting Christian-y attitude of, oh, you know what? I'm really concerned what she did to me. I'm concerned because it must be a problem in her life. I think I need to let you know so that you know so you can pray for her. Right? Huh? How many of you have done that? It's like, oh, you know what? This, man, his life is really messed up and I need to let everybody know about it because not because I, I really want to tell you why I'm telling you this because I'm telling you because I'm ticked off at them because you don't want to go to someone and say, look, I want you to know about them because I hate them. Isn't it nicer to say, I want you to know about them because I'm concerned for their well-being spiritually and I think we all need to pray for them. Let us pray. Ah. <laughs> let us pray gag nothing. I mean, the bottom line is, is that you got, you got a beef and you want everybody to know about it. But it doesn't sound too Christian-y, does it? So we hide it. But that's really what we mean. Isn't that funny? See, God sees right through all this stuff. He's, he, you know, he knows our heart. He knows what makes us tick. And He knows exactly why we do what we do. And so He's saying to each one of us, stop kidding yourself. The reason you're talking about someone else is because you're upset with them because of what they did or said to you. And you want everybody else to know what creeps they are. Period. Pray for them nothing. Pray for the wrath of God. Judge those fools. That's really what you want to say. Isn't it? I'm serious. Isn't that really what we're trying to hide? It's the truth. I mean, that's what God says. See, if you cared about another person before you started to do it, now it goes back to what you just said, you know, the gossip will listen to that kind of stuff. See, gossip doesn't say, hey, you know what? Are you sure that that's true? Did you check into that? Can we call her or him right now and let's get this thing worked out because there's an obvious problem here. I'm concerned for them too. Why don't we all get together? And let's find out really what happened. Let's get both sides of this story. Because, man, if what you're saying about this is true, man, she does have a serious problem. But if we really care, I think we'll confront her. We'll get together with her. We'll talk about it. We'll pray together. Let's not pray behind each other's backs. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of the way it is. See, if you share that kind of stuff, the Bible says you are a fool. And there's no hope in the Bible for a foolish person. And you're fooling yourself because you really don't care like you want us to believe you care. And we'll see that in a second. Second characteristic of a person who gossips is a person that reveals secrets. Look at Proverbs 11.13. 11.13. A person that gossip reveals secrets. He who goes about as a tale-bearer or a gossip reveals secrets. Now here's the contrast though. But he who is trustworthy conceals a matter. You see the difference? He who goes about gossiping and revealing secrets is contrasted to the one who is faithful and conceals a secret. You follow that? It's kind of like, hey, can I tell you something in confidence? Oh, you sure can. I love this. I know what I told you is just between us. This lady's got a phone surgically implanted into the middle of her back. I know what I told you is just between us. Oh, it is, it is. Would you please get out of here? i got to make a call. It's like, man, there's just something about hearing the scoop that you got to share it with someone. It's like, who needs the scoop if you can't share it? It's like torture. You want to torture a friend? Just make up something about yourself. Just make up something crazy. And say, look, I really want to share this with you. <laughs> Just drive them nuts. And see if they can keep a secret. 
Or find out how many people find out about it. That's how you can test whether you really have confidential friends. See, we all know the importance of this in, in the counseling profession or the legal profession. We know that we can't disclose or reveal secrets uh, that are shared. But when it comes to our relationships with one another, man, how many times have we violated this particular principle? You see, a gossip can't wait to give the scoop. Man, they got like the latest news. They got to let somebody know. You tell somebody a secret like that, man, it's kind of like, I, you know, thinking this thing, it's like, you know, the latest scoop to a gossip is kind of like money in the pocket of a gambler or drugs or alcohol in the hand of a drug or alcoholic. I mean, he got to use it. You can't waste it. What am I going to do with this? It's like, I know something you don't know. There's something about human nature. There's something about us that when we hear something and we think no one else knows about it yet, we can't wait to get it out into the open. We want people to know that our ear is to the railroad tracks. And let me just tell you something. If you keep your ear to the railroad tracks long enough, you'll be getting run over by a train real soon. And, you know, and that's exactly what God says. We need to understand that... The gossip cannot wait to reveal a secret, but then there are those who conceal a matter to their honor and glory before God. There are some things we just don't have any business sharing with one another. But it's also important at this juncture to understand something else. And here's where the dilemma comes in. See, life is just not that clear sometimes. We want to be able to say, oh, I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to reveal secrets. And then something comes up that's going to challenge that. And we talked about needing the wisdom of God and discernment and understanding what is, what is a gossip and what is not. What is revealing secrets that makes us a gossip and what is revealing secrets that's the right thing to do. I'll give you a couple examples. You tell me what you do. Let's just assume for a moment that one of your friends was engaged to be married to a guy who has concealed the fact that he has the AIDS virus. You found that out. You know that that's true. You're absolutely convinced that it's, that it's positively true. I don't want to be a gossip, would say those who lean to the extreme of everything they read in the Bible. I don't want to be a gossip. I'm not going to share that with my friend. Or a person that shares it, are they a gossip or not? Is that the right or wrong thing to do? Let's say for a moment you find out that your friend is cheating on his wife. There's a secret you found out. But I don't want to reveal secrets. I want to conceal a matter. Should you reveal it? Shouldn't you reveal it? Should you tell? And if you do, are you a gossip for doing so? See, these are very real issues and these are very difficult. Let's say your neighbor's abusing his wife or his kids and you hear it, you know it, you see it yourself. Oh, but I don't want to reveal such a secret. I don't want to get involved in something like that. And besides, now I found a verse that I can distort to my benefit and say, I don't want to be a gossip, so I guess I just got to conceal this truth that I know. You got a co-worker stealing from the company. We read about it in the paper. You find out about it. Oh, I don't want to reveal such a secret. I don't want to be a gossip. Are you really being a gossip if you reveal that secret? See, it's very difficult just to give point-blank answers to everything that we read in the Bible, isn't it? We need wisdom. We need discernment. We need to understand what God is trying to accomplish and what the higher purpose is and all, the, all these commands that He gives us. Would it be right or would it be wrong to share that information in any of those situations? Very difficult, isn't it? But the examples that I gave, I wouldn't hesitate on any of them. Why? Because there's a higher law that's involved here. And that's the safety and well-being of doing what's right before God. 
and taking a chance and a risk on being involved in something that's going to turn out to be a nightmare because if you get involved in any one of these situations, no one's really going to like what you have to say. Depends on who you tell, and that's a good point. Does you tell people that aren't involved? Absolutely not. There's where you run into the problem. You tell the people that are involved. I'd go to a guy and say, listen, you're cheating on your wife, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm giving you two days to get it straightened out, or I'm going and talking to your wife, with you or without you. And I'm going to follow up by the end of the week and call her to make sure you talk to her about it. I'm going to the boss. I'm going, tomorrow, if you don't go this afternoon, I'm going to tell him everything that I know about what you've done. And I'm going to go at the end of the week and find out what you told him to make sure that you told him the truth and you just didn't tell him bits and pieces to make me think that you revealed what you need to reveal. See, you only involve the people that are involved. You don't go sharing with everybody else. Oh, I just heard this story. I mean, can you believe this? What would you do? Well, it would be interesting if, you know, you're going for specific counsel. But typically, it's we just want to share that information, not because we want to get involved, not because we want to see the right come out of all of this, but we just want to tell someone. And so as we go through this, the point is that there are often times when others have a right to know for the purpose of taking appropriate action that is to the greatest good. And they need to know. And you know what? And as you may anticipate, it's the offender who doesn't want any of this stuff revealed. That's the difficult thing. The person that's in the wrong does not want it exposed. So just because you reveal a secret does not mean that the secret that you revealed is a secret that should be kept secret. And what I have seen from personal experience that people that get involved revealing secrets are often turned upon as if they're the one that committed the atrocity and not the person that's guilty. And it's amazing to me how that works. It's all your fault, like the guy in the paper. It's all your fault. You snitched on us. Well, do you think you did anything wrong? Well, but that's not the point. You told on us. That's right. And if you weren't doing what was wrong, I wouldn't have had to tell on you. Whose fault is it? We've got a distorted way in our society of being able to take the guilty person and getting them off the hook by dispersing the guilt to everybody that's innocent because they wanted to get involved and do what was right. We need to change that. That's nuts. If you're guilty, you're guilty. And don't try to pawn it off on me because I got involved in exposing the guilt. Interesting. God demands that we do that. But most of us don't want to do it because no one likes to be in that situation. Well, pray for somebody else to step forward and do it. But we need to get it done. And at the same time, we must also be sensitive, and here's where the difficulty is, we must be sensitive to the fact and the truth that the Bible speaks that there are times when we are told secrets that have no business being told to anybody else. Man, that's tough stuff, isn't it? It's not that easy. We need to be sensitive to secrets we cannot reveal, and we need to be sensitive to secrets that when they're revealed to us, we have no choice but to reveal them. Your head hurt? Please don't tell us any of them. Please. Number three, what's the third characteristic? Third characteristic, a gossip stirs up strife. You know someone like this? Man, it's like when they're around, there's always turmoil. It's, and it always, they always start their conversation by this. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Man, did you hear about him? Did you hear about her? And what they're doing is all they're doing is starting trouble. They're just stirring up strife. They're just causing problems. Proverbs 10, 12 says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sin. You know, it's fascinating to me that it usually begins, Do you know what she said about you? 
Do you know what he said about you? Do you know what they said about your business? Did you hear what he said about your wife? Did he, you know, it's kind of like people stir up strife. Man, when I used to play basketball on the playgrounds back in Pittsburgh, I mean, the, you know, it was kind of like, hey, man, did you hear what she said about your mama? And the only reason that it was was just to get under your skin and start to agitate one another. And it was always talking trash and getting down and talking trash so that, you know, you were thrown off your game. That was the way it is. But what it was in reality is stirring up strife. It was just kind of trying to cause a dissension or problem, getting in someone else's face. I mean, it happens all the time. Uh, you know, Rod knows about it. You, put, you know, you got guys playing football. They stand across the line from each other and they start talking trash. There are guys that are known to do that. And it just tries to mess your head all up. And, you know, there are people within God, the body of Christ, who do the same thing. They talk trash, and all it does is cause problems and dissension. And it's kind of like the cartoon that I showed you. Oh, you know what? Do you like that music? What? Well, well, first of all, when you go like this, do you like that music? Do you, do, do you like that music? Well, you know, what are you trying to say? What, what are you really trying to say? You're trying to say, you know what? That music's not my type of music. Well, so what? And we'll be probably lucky if we can find your type of music. <laughs> if it exists. The point is, it's like, you know, what are we doing? We just want to cause dissension. We want to stir up strife. We don't want to say, hey, you know what? Um, there are some things I like about that. I just haven't figured out what they are yet. You know, but we don't even need to discuss that. Hey, let's face it. There's stuff we don't like about each other. Let's just get that right out in the open right now. We need to learn to live with each other. As long as it's not wrong before God, then we don't have a problem with account, you know, accountability and, and confronting each other. We need to start being like God. We need to start looking at the heart of the person that's serving. And I'm not just saying this to defend Mike because I know his heart. I know he loves the Lord. I don't care what he looks like on the outside. Um, no, and he doesn't care what I look like either. Even if it is better. <laughs> Just kidding. Nah, just kidding. Nah. Uh, it's okay. You don't like facial hair. Okay, so so what? What's your problem? <laughs> you, need, you need to learn to get along. And so as we look at this, what's the problem here? A gossip stirs up strife. It's like, don't you have anything better to do with your life than just cause problem in the lives of other people? My goodness. Find something else. How about Proverbs 16, 28? A perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer or a gossip separates the best of friends. Dissension, disunity. 1 Corinthians 1 talks about Chloe's household. Rumors, dissension abound. The Apostle Paul wrote to him and said, Hey, learn to get along. You need to get along. And in Philippians chapter 4, the same thing, Yodia and Syntec, they were having problems with each other. They were talking about each other. They were dividing the church because they were trying to divide up, hey, be on my side or are you on her side? Whose side are you on? What side of the aisle are you going to fall on here? And Paul said the same thing. Hey, you know what? Let's be like-minded. Let's learn to agree on all that we agree upon and let's learn to be forbearing in those areas where we don't. Let's learn to disagree agreeably. We're not all going to agree on the same thing. And thank God for that because that's what makes the body of Christ an amazing testimony in the world. All these people from all over, different parts of the world, different lifestyles, different cultures, different backgrounds, all united in one thing and that is in Jesus Christ and Him as our Lord and Savior. And you know what's a wonderful thing? When the body of Christ is united, it can do tremendous things in a world of hatred and strife and dissension and disharmony. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if we lived like God required that we live? If we would just get along with each other? Stirs up strife. 
Listen to Proverbs 26, 20. I like this. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And when there, where there is a go- no gossip, strife ceases. You want to stop gossip in the church? You want to stop gossip in your office? You want to stop gossip? Go find the person who disseminates all that information and shut them up. And there's ways you can do it that are appropriate before God. Challenge what they say. Encourage them to not repeat it. Tell them they get you sick. I don't care whatever you say. Listen, and when they start to share it with you, I don't want to know. If it doesn't directly involve me, and I can't be responsible or in any way create a situation where this could be made right. If I have nothing to do with this, I don't even want to hear it. And if none of us would listen to gossip, the gossip would have no one to share it with. And it would kill them. Which wouldn't be that bad either. So anyway, <laughs> challenge what they say. By the way, just as a reminder, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says that God hates those who cause dissension among the brethren. That should be enough reason for some of us to stop. God hates it. Number four, a gossip repeats a matter. Now, it's a little different than revealing a secret because in a secret you're told, can I tell you this? Please don't tell anybody. But this particular case, it's you hear something and you can't wait to tell people or you just do it anyway. And it's not a matter of breaching the confidentiality of the person that revealed the secret to you. It's just a matter of if I heard something, I'm going to share it. And in Proverbs 17.9, it says, He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates the best of friends. Proverbs 17.9, listen to this. He who covers a transgression seeks love. You know what's fascinating to me about this? Is that you've been hurt, and what's been done to you is wrong before God. There's no question about it. It's a transgression. It's sin. It's wrong before God. So somebody sins against you, And now you have a choice of sharing it with other people. Do you know what he did to me? Do you know what she did to me? Do you know what they did to us? You have a choice to do that. But God says, but he who repeats a matter separates the best of friends. He who covers a transgression seeks love. It's interesting, isn't it? There are times when you are going to be hurt by other people and they were wrong. And at that point you have a choice of covering it and not sharing it with anyone or telling other people. Somehow or another, we believe just because we were wrong that we have every right to share it with whomever to make sure that everyone knows how wrong that person was. But God says those who seek love, cover it. You know what? That's just between me and you. It's really no one else's business. You had a bad day. I don't know why you did what you did. I don't know why you said what you said. Maybe you're upset with me. Maybe you don't like me. I don't know. I can't guess. I can't even begin to think what makes each, makes each of us think. I have no idea. I don't even know why I think the way I think sometimes, let alone trying to figure you out. So I got enough trouble just kind of understanding me, okay? And that's what's good about the Bible. It helps me understand me that I don't understand. And, uh, but if you hurt me, but I want to seek the best, which is love, then I'm not going to share it with anyone. Isn't that great? But sometimes we think just because we've been hurt, we have a right to share it with everyone else, and that's not true. And then there are other times, if you want a headache when you're hurt or sinned against, that it is your responsibility to reveal what happened. Huh. In Matthew 18, if somebody transgressed or sinned against you, go to them in private. If you can't work it out, take someone with you. If that can't be worked out, then take it to the church. 
That's the process. In 1 Corinthians 5, talking about someone who was guilty of sexual immorality that wouldn't confess or agree that what they were doing was wrong. The Apostle Paul at the end of that particular admonition says this, stay away from that person. There are times when that needs to be revealed. And yet there are other times when you can choose not to reveal it and seek the greater good, which is love in this situation. Love covers a multitude of sin. It just depends on what the transgression is, isn't it? Someone said they'd meet you shopping. They didn't show up. Well, oh, there's a transgression, huh? Well, it may be something serious. I don't know. And now you have a choice, you know? Man, what a flake. She says one thing, she doesn't do it. I mean, you have a choice, or you just say, you know what, that's fine. You know, I'm kind of getting scattered brain myself. And, uh, you know, no big deal. You kind of overlook it. But the gossip repeats it. It's interesting, too, that uh, I, I like what one man wrote. He said, air dressed up in partial truth spreads more rapidly than the truth itself. Error dressed up in partial truth, spreads more rapidly than the truth itself. Interesting, isn't it? Psalm 15.3, characteristic of a person who gossip, they hurt their friends. I'll tell you this. If you like to share stories with other people, eventually, somewhere along the line, you're going to hurt one of your friends. Because you have no control over your tongue. And it doesn't matter who's involved. You're going to take up a reproach against a friend. You're not going to defend a friend. You're going to end up saying bad things, slanderous things about a friend. And we're going to look at the consequences next time we get together. But I'll guarantee you this, that somewhere along the line, if you can't control your gossip, you're going to hurt a friend. It's just the way it is. You are going to hurt a friend. The characteristic of a person who gossips, if you want to find out if you are guilty of being a gossip, go to your friends and say, have I ever told stories about you that have hurt you? And if they say yes, then you are busted. Regardless of how you justify it and rationalize it, if they say you hurt me when you share that story, then you are guilty of being a gossip. Simple, case closed. Now the two of you work out what the retribution is going to be, if any. And number six, now here is what you know is worth the price of admission. Why do we gossip? Because we like to. We like to. Proverbs 18.8. Why do you gossip? Because we like to. I've got a friend that, that I used to work with who every now and then calls me and just says, Hey, what's the latest scoop in the industry? I mean, we're saying, Hey, what's the latest gossip, man? Who's in trouble? Who's doing this? What's going on? Who's going out of business? You know, who's not paying their bills? Who's cutting back? Whatever. I mean, that's, that's you know, the, that's the introductory line. It's like, you know what? Why don't you work for a living? You know, I, and, and you know, and I've got to the point now. I just say, you know what? I don't know, and I don't care. I'm too busy just trying to survive. Why don't you do the same thing? But it doesn't matter because he'll call someone else. He calls everybody. I mean, it's like that's the line that he uses with everyone. What's the scoop? I don't know, and I don't care to know. Because half the time, most of the time, ninety percent of the time, the scoop's not really a scoop. It's a scoop, but a scoop of what? <laughs> I don't know. Got to think about it. I mean, you know, th that's what it is. Proverbs 18.8, listen to this. The words of a gossip are like tasty trifles, and they go down into the innermost body. Why do we like the gossip? Because we like it. We like it. But let me tell you this. Just because you like it doesn't make it right. Isn't that true? There are a lot of things that we like that are wrong to do. 
So we need to understand that God says, look, I know there are things about you that you will like to do. But if you do those things, you are wrong before me. And if you do them, there's a price to pay. And we'll talk about that next time on the consequences of gossip. There are a lot of things that we like that aren't right to do. So the answer to life is not do what you like to do. The answer is, according to God, do what's right to do. Isn't that different than the message we're hearing in our society? It says, do what feels good. Well, sorry, there are a lot of things that feel good that are wrong. And they're temporary pleasures, and the consequences far exceed the amount of time that you enjoy it. Guy has a better answer in a better way. And he says, you know what? Do the right thing. Do what's right to do. How can we spot a gossip? They spread slander. They reveal secrets. They cause dissension and stir up strife. They repeat things that they have no business repeating. They hurt their friends. And lastly, we can spot one because they like to hear it. And in closing, let me just share this with you because it has made an impact on my life and it is this. It is better, remember this, don't forget this. It is better to keep your mouth shut and appear stupid than to open it and remove all doubt. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for this insight into the problem of gossip. God knows that uh, this church particularly over the last several months has had more than its share of disgusting gossip. God, help us to understand and identify the problem within our own hearts. Help us to understand what you have to say about the characteristics of being a gossip so that we can deal with it and confess it if we're guilty before you and begin to do that which is right. God, help us to discourage such talk among one another. Help us to be those who are encouraging and uplifting and bear one another's burdens and encourage one another. And all the more as we're persecuted and destroyed in the world that we live in. God, help us not to be destroyed from within, but to turn to you and to look to your word for advice and counsel on how we should live with one another. God, help us to be forbearing and learn to be agreeable in our disagreements. God, help us to not slam one another or to talk badly about each other negatively, but help us to do what's right before you. And God, in all these things that we struggle with, help us to continually seek wisdom from you and discernment as to the particular situation that we struggle with, how to handle it, how to deal with it, what needs to be said, what shouldn't be said. God, we live in a very difficult and confusing world. And we just thank you for the clarity that we find in your word and its truth that has been established for all of eternity and that we can, in confidence, apply these things that we learn, knowing that we'll never live to regret that which you say is the right thing to do. And we just thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen.